Hey, hey, and welcome to another Podcast Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Hey, okay. How about you today, Paco? Good, good. Going well, going well. Heading into summer. First day of summer. Yes. Which is incredible. Yeah, and, here it uh, is. Sorry about last weekend, gang, but uh, we're back and we're ready to rock. Yeah, here we go. Let's do this. So here we are. We're heading into the top 30, but we figured we'd catch you up on what you've missed from f- from 50 on down. Not the whole list. <laughs> we're not doing the whole thing. <laughs> but from 50 to 30, we thought we'd just sum it up for you, just so you, to catch you up. You know how it is. Oh, yeah. You're busy. You're busy. You might not remember everything we talked about. <laughs> Hurtful, but true. All right. So at number 50, we had Salesman. Salesman. At number 49, we got Admiral Mike. And at 48, we've got Heart and Soul. Heart and Soul. Number 47, me and Magdalena. Me and Magdalena. And at 46, we've got Whoa, 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 Words. What? Number 45, we got She. She. And at 44, we've got Getting In. Getting in. Uh, number 43, we got While I Cry. While I Cry. At 4-2, we've got 99 pounds. 99 pounds. 41, we got Scroungy Girlfriend. Scroungy Girlfriend. And at number 40, we've got the Run DMC hit, Mary Mary. Mary Mary. At number 39, we got What Am I Doing Hanging Around? What am I doing hanging around? At 38, we've got Right and Wrongs. Number 37, we got St. Matthew. St. Matthew. At 36, we got Tear the Top Right Off My Head. Tear the Top Right Off My Head. At number 35, we are looking for the good times, baby. Looking for the good times. At number 34, I don't think you know me. 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 At 33. Take a giant step. Take a giant step. Number 32, my hockey number, Papa Jeans Blues. (laughs) Number 31, Randy Scouse Git. Which brings us up to date to today. Yes. There you go. Solid, solid 50 to 31. Hella solid. So now we'll head right into number 30. We've got... The closing credits of season two, for Pete's sake. Okay, obviously a classic because it's the closing credits of season two. It's just a song you instantly know as soon as you hear that opening guitar riff. But... I also think that almost works against it because you just think of that first little, you think of the condensed version of it that fits into yes. the end credits. Yes. And uh, when you do listen to this full song, man, it, I really like every time I hear it, I'm surprised <laughs> at how much I like it. It is a lot of fun. And uh, on our video version of the Randomatic countdown on our YouTube page, we got um, for Pete's sake, Spliced with the footage from the Monkey Mayor episode, extended all the way out to two minutes and 28 seconds. Whew. They get a lot done in that two minutes, 28 seconds. It, it's a great 60s vibe of a song. 
with a message of love and understanding, wanting to be free. It's yes. just a, it's perfect for the show. It yes. is. It's all Pete all the way. Um, that's except for the vocals. He handed those <laughs> over to uh, Mr. Mickey Dolans, but it's Pete on the lead guitar and Mike's on the organ. Mickey's on the drums. Davey's on the tambo and uh, Chip Douglas on the bass. Yep. And Mickey's voice as always fantastic. I think I say that. I'll probably say that for almost every song in this countdown now. Yeah, but man. it's also and the I background think... vocals are awesome. That oh, plunky yes. guitar, that muted plunky guitar that opens it up <laughs> is also awesome. So it is very cool. And I think just about every time we saw them live, Pete handles the lead vocal. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's cool. And um, we pulled this back on episode 18. And I wonder why Pete didn't sing it in the studio, like for the album, or that Mickey's voice was the more commercial, quote-unquote, voice, maybe? Uh, Maybe. Maybe it would uh, increase the chances of it getting used on the show, and boy, did it ever get used on the show. Yeah, for real. It seems to match up so well with the the faces flying by that you enjoy so much. Yeah, what was the what was the song uh, in the first season over the credits? There was the theme from the monkeys. But they did it again at the. Oh, that's right, that's right, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Do you always just shut it off and run away when those, the boys come up on the, the still shots that give you nightmares? For some reason, I thought they put something else in for some like. But then when. I just played it in my head. I was like, oh, no, of course, it's the theme. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think because for Pete's sake, to me, is the ending credits, it's hard for me to be like, oh, yeah, there was something else. It's true. And um, I don't know, like in some of the syndicated episodes, I think it is like like stuck on to some of the first season episodes. But I could be wrong. Yeah, maybe. Like maybe when they got around to sticking the other songs into the episodes like in the later 60s early 70s maybe they just kept that that closing but i may be wrong there but this is on headquarters it uh came out in 67 with the rest of headquarters (laughs) and um it's just them kind of it's it's a creative peak for them as uh the dudes Mm. making the tunes themselves i think so anyway that's our number 30 for pete's sake Moves us, oddly enough, down to number 29. It's not Friday's adolescent. It's Saturday's <laughs> child. She's always on the go, so I'm in love with Saturday's child. Every time you take her out at night, you want to kiss and hold her way up tight. You can tell the future's looking bright. Garage band ripper, Saturday's child. Oh, yeah. And it's another one, again, that sneaks through the cracks. I am surprised it's uh, up so high or so low on the list, whichever way you're looking at it. (laughs) But it is a really cool song that, again, I I forget that it's as good as it is. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems very shockingly high to me (laughs) on the countdown. Oh, yeah. Well, anytime I put it on, you just picture the the dudes jumping through the air from the show and the the children running around on the beach like... It is like, uh, it's an iconic show song, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's got that kind of psychedelic rave up guitar riff in the solo where things get a little crazy. Yeah, I think that's how it ended up as high as it did because that solo is pretty awesome. Like mm-hmm. for first album, that's a solo that's knocking your socks off. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's like a lot of these very, very early songs. It's kind of proto psychedelic. 
It really is. How it starts and the verse make it seem so tame, you know what I mean? But then <laughs> yeah. as it stomps up to that that bridgey part in the the, the solo, yep. it's like, oh man, okay, here we go. <laughs> it's got the an early deployment of the famous uh, Mickey Dolan's orgasmic gasping. And like there's just a prop boom, prop boom, boom. The drum hook that just kind of brings it back around every time. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Saturday's Child. Good times. Good times. And by Is the numbers, this... it appears to be our favorite song on the Monkees' debut album. That means that's a rap on the Monkees' debut album here at the, at the Randomatic Countdown at Podcast Valley Sunday. I was just about to ask that. Is this the highest charting? So, yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, that's it. We're done with the debut, and we're, yeah. we're moving Solid. on. And, yeah, as we've mentioned before, we like side one a lot more than we like side two. Of the Monkey's debut album. 100%. It brings us all the way up to number 28, where we have, in brackets, I'm not your... And outside the brackets, Stepping Stone. I'm not your Stepping Stone. I'm not your Stepping Stone. Voice and Heart Jam. On uh, more of the monkeys, and it's also the B side to "I'm a Believer." What a slice of vinyl that is! For real, for real, it gives you both sides of the monkeys at that time, like their juicy pop stuff, and then this more <laughs> of a rock and garage band stuff on B side. Exactly. Good call, Paco. For me, for this, this was the first song, the first monkey song for me that was my favorite. Like when I was watching it in grade five at my granny's house, this was the song that really got me. And I was like, holy smokes, look at this. This is awesome. Oh, it's a good choice. It's such a, it's such a, such a diss of a song. <laughs> For real. Like it rocks out, but then that organ really lifts it up oh, at yeah. the chorus. And uh, there's pro- I wonder if they've ever had a show where they haven't played I'm Not Your Stepping Stone. I feel like that, that'd be a staple. It is for sure one of the uh, the mainstays of the set. Like there's yeah. that handful of tunes you expect to hear every show. And sometimes yeah. they get them out the way right away, and they save a couple for the uh, encore. But I'm pretty sure there's a lot of encores where it was like Stepping Stone and them. Then I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. It's just like uh, reversed the single there, and like you know, <laughs> what's better than that? Yeah, exactly. And I, it was also one of the first songs I learned to play on guitar. Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good one. Yeah, so that that was it's nostalgic for so many reasons for me. <laughs> Just a classic. For, for sure. And we pulled it way, way, way back on episode ten. I'm pretty sure every time we talk about Stepping Stone, we, we have to talk about the live nineteen sixty seven version. <laughs> like that is the band the monkeys would have been if they were like an organically created band yes like a yes. very garagey very raw but in the best sense of raw like the background vocals in that are so amazing but i could yeah. see other people being like oh my god what are they doing <laughs> if they only like the studio version there's just that ominous build up to it Mm-hmm. Uh, that it just kind of explodes and the screaming and uh, then the, those background harmonies come in, which are a little different from the uh, studio version. But 
whatever works on the stage when you're trying to get past all the screaming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, great, great version of it. I'm glad it exists. Live 67 <laughs> is fantastic. Absolutely. All right, so now that brings us down to uh, number 27 and brings us all the way up to the most recent Monkeys album. Mm-hmm. We've got Birth of an Accidental Hipster. album non-christmas division yes yeah yeah most uh, recent quote-unquote original album is this one here and this song is my favorite song on good times that's interesting we still got a couple more good times tunes coming up and this one is way up there for me yeah um but yeah like is the album itself so strong there's like at least five or six songs i will listen to every time i put it on yeah you can't say that about most albums in general let alone an album a band puts out uh, 50 years after they are formed. Exactly. So it's, it's yeah. a heck of a thing. For real. It's uh, Mike's voice just soars on it. And it and now, it honestly, it makes me kind of emotional listening to it because it's Mike strong and killing it. And Mickey's <laughs> voice on the pre-chorus and chorus is great. And the two of them, I love when the two of them go back and forth between verses and choruses and then do some harmonies together. It's a... Uh, it's a beautiful thing, and this song is just fantastic. Was it written by Paul Weller and Noel Gallagher? Uh, I think it's Liam Gallagher. I'm not no, sure. No, no. It's no. I don't Liam think does it's it. no. It is, 100%. Look it up right now. You I looked it up look last it up. time, too. Liam doesn't write music. Noel does. A few minutes later. Okay, you're right. It's Noel Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Weller, formerly of The Jam. So that's a lot of, a lot of clout. Heck yeah. I was shocked that Noel Gallagher would write a song for the Monkees. I, I, I did not think he would do something like that, and I'm really glad he did, because this song know, is awesome. I bet he's a fan. I bet he doesn't talk about it too much, but I'm sure he's a fan of the Monkees. Yeah, hopefully more than he is of his own brother. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he does, because he did something for the Monkees, and he would not do anything for his brother. You know, there's always a song in the album that just hits you in a way where you're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Holy, that's what this song did to me first time I heard Good Times. I was just like, wow, this yeah. is the one for me. This is very, very cool. And um, the clip we have is them on the tour, mm-hmm. like you said, talking about it. On the video we have, it segues into St. Matthew, which is a pretty neat uh, little one-two punch. Mm-hmm. When, I was, when I was watching it once, uh, my, my fiance Crystal said... Uh, She's, you know, familiar with the monkeys, but she says uh, they look like themselves dressed as old people. (laughs) (laughs) Which essentially they are. (laughs) uh, That could not be more accurate. What can you say? Yeah, exactly. And it's from, I believe, the tour we saw, not like the latest tour where people were saying Mike was looking a little thin or whatever, Mm -hmm. not looking well. This one, he looks well and he's funny and he's Mike. And it's, yeah, he's got the, the long hair and the little beard, and he's <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's he's, awesome. He's, in, he's into it. It was it was cool when they're into it, you know. Obviously, yeah, hundred percent. All right, so that'll bring us now to number twenty six. We're switching gears here, 
and we're going with Sometime in the Morning. Sometime in the morning, a simple thought may occur to you, and you hold her and tell her all the things you never told her. That's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous tune. You say a really beautiful song that I'm pleasantly surprised landed as high as it did. To be honest, <laughs> for real, it's a it's a Goffin and King number, like a good deal of these tunes. And um, man, oh man, it's just it sounds greater than the sum of its parts because it sounds mm-hmm. like this this lush arrangement, but it's just like drums and an organ and a guitar and a bass and not much else. The singing is there and uh like a double track vocal but if you listen to it it's it's just it just all fits together so well and sounds so so good yeah it's it's amazing it always reminds me of the episode too where the boys are dancing with uh what was her name young mrs uh rosemarie yeah that's her, her <laughs> real life name but fuck, what was her name I can't, I can't recall it right now, but it, I can see it, them dancing in slow motion in the pad, song yeah. playing. It's so good. And it's a song, when I was younger, I wouldn't like, I didn't really like because it was slower and blah, blah, blah. I just wasn't into it. Yeah. But now when I hear it, I'm like, oh, nice. All right. And yeah, like I say, I'm very happy where it landed on the. Uh, yeah. And of course, it's got the Nesmith wink in the video. Yeah. Which is just devastating, and yeah. <laughs> um, and if you listen to it on the headphones, especially like when it gets to the bridge, and there's the fire now in her childlike eyes, and in the background hear someone yell, "Sing it!" It sounds like it's off to the side. Like I think someone's yelling like in real life around me. <laughs> like, That's yeah, crazy. It is kind of a risque song. When you get down to it, because if you're with someone sometime in the morning, uh, mm-hmm. someone stayed over. Probably, probably. And I also thought the one part Mickey sings, uh, you need no underwear. You need no underwear. <laughs> so at first I was like, what is he saying there? And I listened to a couple more times. Like, oh, okay. I was like, wow, he really got to the point. You need long underwear, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in the morning, it's cold. It's true, especially in that beach house. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, when we pulled this back on episode 26, I think we included a clip of uh, Carol King's demo of the song. always cool to hear and uh, you see how far it gets goes from uh, just being you know carol and then the boys and uh, you know the studio band singing it it's great yeah it's, it's great. just a, a very well put together song and obviously <laughs> one of our favorites mm-hmm. definitely so that brings us halfway through today's 10 tunes you want to take a little breather there paco yes have a little drink there you go and uh, real quick, I want to talk about uh, some of the iconic songwriters behind some of these monkey songs. I was curious what the uh, the average score of some of their uh, the output might be. Uh, first, let's go with uh, Goffin and King, very very high power songwriting duo, all over rock and roll history, and they contributed ten songs to the Monkees, 
And uh, what do you think the, the average song score of the Goffin and King songs are? We seem to be talking about them quite a bit mm-hmm. near the end of the countdown here. I was going to say, it has to be pretty low, right? Yeah. Uh, hmm. I'm not too sure. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of how it could all wash out with 10 songs. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know. What, what, where are we at? They are kind of all over the place, but it, it averages out uh, 50.8 is the uh, average score. And, say uh, which the isn't bad, because we're still going to talk about a few more of the songs in the countdown coming up still. And uh, kind of on the other side of it, we got the workhorses of the monkey songwriting department. And the only monkey songwriters that you have on a shirt. Yep. That's right. Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart. Real quick, off the top of your head, don't overthink it. How many of all these songs do you think Boyce and Hart wrote? How many of all of them? Oh, wow. Say around the, the 20 area? 24. There, there you go. There you go. I should have should went higher. Should have said mid-20s. <laughs> and you you may remember they uh they they wrote some uh some filler way at the back half of this uh, countdown and uh <laughs> turns out that once i added it up and did the thing it uh the average boys and heart song score is 91 Whew. half of their songs are in the triple digits i was gonna countdown. say if we cut cut it in half and said there are 12 songs oh. it, it would be a better indicator of their uh <laughs> How much they meant to the monkey's songwriting process. Oh, I think you're everything. right there. In fact, if you want to give me just a second. A few minutes later. Average score, the jams, no jellies, Boyce and Hart is uh, 52. There you go. Yeah, I think that makes more sense. That's more in line with uh, the Goffin and Kings. But then we got our uh, quality over quantity guy, Mr. Neil Diamond. He throws in four tunes to the boys. The average score is 28. Whew, there you go. He's your closer. So, yeah. Solid stuff. Solid stuff from old ND. Nice. He shines like a diamond. You could say that. You did say that. I did. Up next, number 25. I won't be the same without her. What is she like? What a song that is. For real. And uh, another Goffin and King number, but <laughs> the less, of a, less of a positive mood. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mike's voice, though, is perfect. And the background yeah. falalas flutter around your ears without being, like, overpowering. Like, they're just, they're perfect. For yeah. real. And it's, it's of a piece with the rest of Instant Replay, which is a, a bummer album. <laughs> and uh, the lyric I pulled for this to uh, as like a, a replacement title for the album is I'm afraid to face tomorrow. Yeah, there you go. The song is so good and it just feels like it's from a, an earlier album. You know mm. what I mean? Not because there's no not good songs on instant replay, but they all have this kind of vibe to them. And this mm-hmm. song doesn't quite have the vibe of later monkeys, more like mid monkeys. Yeah. to me like a lot of the um like the post head soundtrack albums 
have like a song or two from earlier sessions mm-hmm. that either was just completed, never made a, an album before, or like they had some tracks and they just kind of finished them up. It's such a good mic vocal on it too. Again, his his longing songs, even when mm-hmm. they're kind of jaunty like this one, you can still feel it in his voice. And uh, yeah, and the guitar picking, the finger picking stuff is also really awesome. Yeah, in fact, it is uh, an outtake from 1966. There you go. So that's why it feels like an earlier song because <laughs> it, it was is. this and uh, Teardrop City. Oh, really? Eh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like they they like recorded Clarksville and Teardrop City around the same time. That's weird because Teardrop City to me sounds like an older song for some reason. Like it yeah. fits at the end of the Monkees catalog, but you know. Yes. And so even though this is a post-Peter track, he is not on the cover, he is not in the band at this time, but he does play guitar on I Won't Be the Same Without Her. Huh. That'd be kind of neat to see in the, the liner notes if you're a Monkees fan, but you say, oh, is he coming back? Are we doing this again? <laughs> it's like, no, this is from three years ago. <laughs> Four years For, ago. Forget it. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> 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 the album's called Not For Pete's Sake. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now they're going to bring us up here to number 24. And you told me that it's going to be You Told Me. <laughs> I told you. You told me you'd always say you told me. You told me you'd never stray. You told me. Another great mic tune. Uh, like vocal wise, awesome. Uh, the opening is funny with the guys messing around in the studio. Yeah, and just kind of yelling at each other, and then all of a sudden, uh, that guitar comes in again. Another great guitar picking song. Yeah, in the intro, I think, and it's I think awesome. The crazy, the crazy counting at the start is kind of a takeoff on a tax man. Yeah, has the counting at the start of their album. Yeah, the one, and, two, and yeah, this three, is like four. strong, strong example of them strapping on the instruments mm-hmm. and going to town. Yeah, it sets the mood that them having fun in the studio is mm-hmm. like that's what you wanted them to be doing, and so right. to have that at the beginning of this song is like, yeah, it's cool. It's it's fun. It gives it a cool intro. As soon as you hear them counting that off, you hear the rest of the song coming with it. Yeah, and like All of Your Toys was the first song they did together as like a quote-unquote real band. It probably would have been the first song on the album if it wasn't for some legal snafus, but this is a solid opener as well, I would say. Just the way the music comes in after that guitar picking part, it's almost like Mm -hmm. a wave comes and picks you up, and then that bass carries you through, and it's an awesome bass. Chip Douglas, yo. He knows what he's doing. It's funny because like everyone just lets it slide, like uh, it's the monkeys playing all the instruments. Well, some other guy plays the bass, but who cares? Yeah, exactly. His name is Chip, so you know. <laughs> Up at number twenty-three, we got Lookout, and in parentheses, here comes tomorrow. A 
great Davy Sung song. Like one, I think one of his strongest songs, I, mm-hmm. in my opinion, or one of my favorite songs. Davy sings. Yes, and that's um, uh, another Neil Diamond track. We've we've heard a few earlier on the countdown, and we're gonna hear one or two more. I have a feeling. But like just before Diamond, Neil Diamond became a star in his own right, he was a, a brill building songwriter, and he. Uh, contributed several songs including this one for more of the monkeys i could definitely hear neil diamond singing this song mm-hmm. it has that swaggery neil diamondiness and this the big strummy acoustic guitar like mm. there's that it's on this song and it's on a uh, little bit me little bit you it's just such a, a signature sound yeah and it's also a very Davy predicament of having two girls that like you and you like them, but you have to choose one of them and send the other one packing. At least two birds <laughs> at all times. Yeah, so funny. For me, uh, the day before I started high school, I was so nervous to start high school. I, I played this song like over and <laughs> over because I was dreading it so much. <laughs> and I remember when I heard this song in, over that summer, because that's the summer you got the box set. And we got into the monkeys. I remember yep. when I heard it, I was like, I'm playing this song the day before I go to school because I do not <laughs> want, I don't want to go there. <laughs> and oh, I had very different problems than Davy Jones in high school. It wasn't about too many girls liked me. <laughs> but to go back to the song, the actual song, like the chorus is rousing. As mm-hmm. soon as he does the the I feel, you're just like, here we go. You just want to like start yeah. stomping and clapping with it. And the song just gets better and better. And mm-hmm. like it mentions the title right off the top. Yep. It mentions the title in the, that chorus, and like when it comes back from the the you know, the whispering part and the do 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 do, then when it comes back, it, it's re rousing. What I see, yeah, yeah, it gets right back into it. It's it's so good, and of course the pictures in your head is is them at the, at the back of the the pad in their blue shirts, just mm-hmm. rocking the tune. Yeah. And this is the um, the kids and guns episode, I, I think. Where there's a, the place is all full of kids running around. <laughs> but they also have guns. Because, you as, know. As they do. Different times, man. Yeah, exactly. And this is a song where I don't feel the other guys could have pulled it off as well. It's like a Davy Jones song. Like, Mickey could have sang it and it would have sounded good. But Davy yeah. just pulls it off better he's got more of that bravado or whatever it was yeah that, yeah, yeah it's all over it's the song similar to the songs that are in mike's wheelhouse there are some that are mm. in davy's wheelhouse all the way yeah and this, this is, is one. one of them word all right so now at number 22 we've got auntie's municipal court Amazing. What a name for a song, first of all. That, That's obviously a mic thing, again. Yeah, does not appear anywhere in the same area code as the song does. <laughs> of course but, not. Yeah. And it's another song that I overlook sometimes, but every time I hear it, I'm like, you should not overlook this song. It's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. radical. 
It's a, the groovy, mellow trippiness of the song is a great vibe for summer afternoon. So right around this time, throw it on. It's got that country rock twang, the, yep. the, the, the picking on the guitar, and it's probably the most uh, effective use of the, that Mike and Mickey blend where you can't mm-hmm. even separate the two voices. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Mickey's voice is great. Mike's voice is great. Together, they're unbelievably great. <laughs> And uh, yeah, another song for people who aren't into the monkeys might be surprised to know who they're listening to when you play it for them. Yeah. <laughs> and on our list, I found a version of it. It's uh, an alternate take with the, the mic lead vocal kind of uh, up front and clips taken from the show and other footage. And it's got the, the shot of Pete in the uh in the rainbow room playing the bass and it looks like he's playing this riff the do 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 yeah it's pretty it's pretty convincing i like it i like this whatever fan put this together uh they knew what they were doing yeah yeah it really does look good and yeah that bass is awesome the breakdown part is that that part you just sang there and then Oh man, bass is awesome. And oh, the the ride out with the crazy vocals at the end. Yeah, yeah. Again, a song that as you listen to it, it keeps getting better and better. And that wild freak out at the end just mm-hmm. adds greatly to this awesome song. Yeah, man. It's another one of those kind of missing links ish tunes that is all over uh, Birds and the Bees and Monkeys, and just kind of strengthens that whole album. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's fantastic. So this brings us down to our last song on the countdown here, Legal to Drink, number 21, with Love to Love. They say you need love to love. You gotta have love to love. They all say it works that way, but if it's true, why do I love you? Why do I love you? As we mentioned earlier, Neil Diamond coming up with the goods. Yeah, for real. And this is a song that didn't make it onto an actual Monkees album until Good Times. It popped yeah. up on Missing Links Volume 3, and it was on the box set. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's on that uh, Australian Monkey Mania yes. mega album you have. It so is. there's like three or four versions <laughs> floating around that were uh, not on any of the original records. Which is so crazy because the song is so good. It, it was another mm-hmm. one from the box set that was like, oh, I, this is so good. And then when you start collecting the albums, you realize like, oh, it's yeah. not on any of these albums. And uh, I don't know why I didn't um, end up on a different album. Maybe because it's kind of a slight downer <laughs> to hear Davy Jones say, why do I love you? You know, But... It's so good sounding. You don't really mm-hmm. absorb the bummerness of it. Yeah, it's got this, like we said about Neil earlier, the strummy guitars, the the toodly organ, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna hear more of that a little later on in the countdown. Do 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 do. It's awesome. So, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a good tune, a deeper cut, and maybe we like it more than a lot of people do because way up here at number twenty one, but. It's, I think it's a worthy tune. It's one of our favorite Davy songs, and uh, we like it a lot. If, it, if other people wouldn't have this in their top 25, let's just say it, idiots. <laughs> it's, 
But yeah, it, it was my favorite Davy Jones sung song for a very, very long time. It is a good one. And I guess I guess it is kind of a bummer the way he sings it. But uh, hey, he sings it well. He's Davy Jones. He, he just gives you the goods and all yeah. you feel is good. And like you said, on the, the Good Times records, they Mickey throws in some background vocals. They kind of mm-hmm. snazz the tune up a little, and uh, it's good to it was good to hear Davy on the record. Yeah, it really was. Especially like, I'm glad that on Good Times they didn't pull, pull up like a schmaltzy, man. You know, the day we fell in love or something like that. Like a new one of those. <laughs> it's like, oh man, no, they gave him love to love, like a a, a, a deep cut fan favorite because we've heard it in other mm-hmm. versions. And uh, it was great. It was a great representation, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, did you hear what Paul McCartney is doing? Yeah, the whole AI thing. AI, I'm glad that the monkeys did not do any of that. Yeah. I, A-I-N-O. Like, I <laughs> do not want it. I, I, why? If he's just doing it to, to make some money or something, like, I, I guess. A, he does not need it. Nay, nay. It, and is it for kids or for young people to hear something new or Beatles fans to get something new? But it's not like <sighs> if you're going to do that, then bring in Sean Lennon to do a John Lennon. Yeah. Part. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't if you're going to just farm out John Lennon, it's, br- it's bring Sean move. into the mix. He's like, like it was a weird move in the anthology days when they uh, dusted off the yeah john's uh answering machine tapes or whatever to make free as a bird and whatnot but this is just oh we, we found some more yeah and like i don't know i think maybe he's just trying to keep him, the beatles in the conversation and whatever but yeah i and that's i that'd be the only reason to do it i'd say and even that's not like oh that's a good reason it's just like i see what you're doing i guess yeah. but like i think it's and, ai is also still so new that mm-hmm. probably in 10 years when you hear this it's gonna be like you know, like the, the the piano players who threw away all their piano and just used keyboards <laughs> in the early '80s. It's like, man, you did that a little prematurely, I think, because technology still has some uh, some boots to fill. Yeah, and I think Paul just turned 81 the other day, and, and like, just sit down, Paul. Just, yeah, just, yeah. Just relax. I don't get it. But one thing, um, there's the the uh, Claypool Lennon Delirium band, Ooh. which is Les Claypool and Sean Lennon. Mm-hmm. And I and their last tour, they ended every show by playing "Tomorrow Never Knows." Oh my god, bro! Look it up online because it's Sean singing it, and he sounds like it doesn't sound exactly like John. He sounds like Sean, but enough mm-hmm. like John where you're like, no "Holy!" First time I heard it, man, I got goosebumps. I think I even teared up, and I was so wow. mad I didn't go to the show because they played in Toronto, and Getty Lee came out and played with them too. No shit. Yeah, so... Uh, That's very cool. Yeah, but like, and it's awesome. Because you know Tomorrow Never Knows is like a ripping yeah. tune, but you, you never heard it live. They never played it live, never did anything. No, 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 no. But to see this with that band playing it and Sean singing it, it was also just Ooh. like, wow, I'm glad he's doing this. Because he could be very much like, I'm not touching anything like that. Like, no way. <laughs> but then Tomorrow Never Knows comes out and you're just like blown away by it. And so I'd rather see Sean come into a beetle type thing than a computer. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So that's Love to Love by the Monkees at number 21. <laughs> Paul McCartney. Why do I love you? 
you know, anyone listening to a monkey's podcast is, is probably into the, the Beatles as well. I'm just saying. It's you got to assume, know. and they probably have their own ideas of what Paul's doing. And if, <laughs> if if leave a comment about what you think about Paul bringing in AI to do a John Lennon part yeah. in his song like, no george I, I, they're not bringing in george just only ai to do john <laughs> uh, actually i'm waiting for the call to do george <laughs> i think they heard the podcast <laughs> hey we heard you do a little george harrison how about you come on in and do that then oh have you met my computer <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me you could stick your computer right up your bollocks <laughs> let's call sean <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if Ringo's like, are you going to call me? <laughs> like, just virtual Beatles, and there's a live Beatles still around, and Paul's just like, no, 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 no. Ringo is knocking at the door yeah. while they're making the songs. Yeah, exactly. Oh, thanks for bringing the pizza ring. <laughs> I keep better time than you do. <laughs> oh, good one, computer. <laughs> It's a ring point, though. <laughs> yeah. Ringo should just do, I'm going to do an AI wings. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Paul just fires back with that. You're my AI Linda in your fucking face. I'm going to cut that part out. But <laughs> Linda AI. Yeah, Linda AI. Oh, gosh. All that said. Go monkeys! It's time to call it another episode. Yes. Of the Random Attic Countdown here at Podcast Valley Sunday, right on the doorstep of the top 20. Oof, we're getting into it now. I wonder what kind of Beatles chat we'll have next week. <laughs> See what else Paul does in the meantime, I guess. No joke. <laughs> From me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening. Thank you. Bye-bye.